Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Sixteen. Soul suckers. Soul suckers. These are the outside influencers on our writing time and energy, especially soul-sucking jobs. Every writer dreams of quitting the day job and writing full-time. Some people aren't suited for the self-discipline needed to write full-time. Only a few can handle time uncontrolled by outside forces. Most of us have to wait until retirement to pursue our dream of writing full-time. I started early with the dream of making a living writing interesting stories. As I approached my work world years, I actively searched for the ideal career to train myself to become a writer. I considered working in journalism, or marketing and advertising, or teaching English. As the fallback job, because who begins the dream expecting not to succeed? I picked English. I thought learning about literature and composition would give me the necessary background for writing. I did learn the hard skills for writing. Hard skills are those specific teachable skills needed to succeed at any job. When my first completed manuscript didn't sell, I had to take a money-making job. Jobs that pay the bills are essential. I tried journalism. Actually, I fell into a job at the local newspaper as a copywriter. Weekly deadlines kept me in constant rotation with each day's necessities. The managing editor was kind enough to allow me a weekly column and sent me out on various writing assignments, business articles, a few advertising articles disguised as business articles, a few human interest filler pieces, that kind of thing. Mostly, though, I turned out copy on the local sewing circles and garden clubs and more. Didn't pay very much at all. As a matter of fact, having received a couple of teeny tiny raises, one-tenth of one percent, and working 50-plus hours each week, my take-home pay was below the poverty line. I was only a copywriter, not a reporter. I left that job and nearly doubled my income by becoming a high school English teacher. Now, I thought, now I'll really be learning about writing stories. Nah, not so. Analyzing stories, yes. Grading countless essays that all said virtually the same thing. Yep, that's exactly what I was doing. Sanity demanded that I creatively twist common essay topics. Instead of writing about friendship class, let's write about the perfect enemy. Kept them interested. Kept me from pulling my hair out. A side benefit was learning more about grammar, usage, and mechanics than I needed for writing stories. But hey, pay was good. Perks like health insurance and a pension were better. The newspaper job and the teaching job had one thing in common— They absolutely sucked up all the writing energy I had. My creative muse exhausted herself, first with trying to turn window tint for cars into something interesting, and then with trying to create interesting lesson plans for teenagers. 
Now, decades on from my own teen years and thinking about careers for writers, I'm not certain there is an ideal career to prepare anyone to be a writer. So what is the best training for a writer? Remember Wibbo? Would I be better off writing? The same question you ask yourself for deciding how to spend your writing efforts is the same question that you have to answer for your writing career. While you may want your answer to be yes, 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 the correct answer may be no, not now, not at this moment. Most writers, and this is true in the past and the present, most writers never make a living at writing. It's a side job. Every generation, a few do make a living. They may not achieve bestseller status. You may never have heard of them. They write tens of thousands of words every month. These lucky few treat writing like their main job and live off their earnings. Because writing is a side job, the time you have for writing does have to use the Wibbo question. You have bills to pay? Gotta have the soul-sucking job to pay them. You can still find time to write. You have to manage your time carefully. You won't be hitting the word counts that you want. You'll have to season the wish with reality. You don't have to give up the dream while reality crowds into every corner of life. Budget your time and your money, and you can pay for covers as well as that vacation for the family. Because you're writing more slowly, you will have time to think about the story while you're away from the writing. You can figure out the next scenes that you need to write before you approach your writing space. No staring at the empty page wondering what's next. The only problem arises when the day job sucks all your creative energies constantly. The jobs that do pay well are creativity vampires. They actively suck creative blood from your veins and continue sucking until you are the walking dead. These jobs are so demanding that you never even notice everything you've lost. Eventually, you do find a way to carve separation. This much for the job. This much for the writing. So you think. I'll take one of the other jobs, you know, the ones that don't suck up all my creativity. Unfortunately, those jobs don't pay well. The boredom can kill your interest and curiosity. When those die, creativity will shrink and shrivel into a dried husk. The lack of money creates additional stresses that carry far beyond just meeting your bills. Try no vacation. Try worrying about car repairs. Try the rent goes up while your boss cuts the number of hours you can work. Writing full-time is one of those jobs that doesn't pay well unless you achieve bestseller status and then license your ideas to films and video gaming and toys and more. You decide and live with your decision. The balance between the extremes is difficult to find and to manage when you're only considering yourself. In the poker game where family, career, and writing have placed their bets, writing will fold pretty quickly. Find your balance. Live with your decision. Meet your obligations. Carve out the time you need for writing. These are the only requirements. Seventeen. More soul-sucking. Writing can be wonderful. When the words are flowing, the story is coming together, and the deadline is achievable. Everything is bright and beautiful. When the writing's not going well, a writer obsesses. Even as we go about our day jobs, deal with family and friends, attend to our various obligations, the story is sucking on us, draining all our attention. New ideas grab our focus. Stories get started. 
and then it takes a while to realize the story ran off the trail into a ridge with a deep, dark, virgin forest towering overhead and blocking all views of the sky. We hack our way through tangling scenes and encounter scary characters who wielded their own machetes to our original story idea. When we emerge from the forest with cell phone service giving the appearance of safety, we think we're back on the right track and continue on. Maybe we are. Maybe we aren't. Sometimes we don't discover which until we reach the end of the story. Another way that writing becomes soul-sucking is in the race to produce more books rather than tell more stories. We're desperate to publish more and faster, and the rat on the treadmill keeps spinning in our heads. We take courses about marketing our books and buy advertising on various platforms when we would be better off writing. Here's the lesson. Story is always our main focus. Our number one job is to write more content, more stories, more poems, more whatever it is that we are writing. This is what builds our name, our backlist, our brand, our readership. Marketing happens only when we have a backlist that will support the newest book. Worry about the marketing when you have a double handful of books. Until then, worry about the next story. Too many writers finish one manuscript and want to throw everything behind that. No, worry about the next story. Too many writers think the answer is quick production. Nope. Telling a good story is the answer. Don't look at what other people are doing. Look at what you can do. Soul-sucking people also interfere with our stories. Toxic people in our close circle are hard to avoid. We have to find ways around them. My family once had a toxic person who disrupted countless family gatherings until we learned that she wouldn't cause a disruption if our gatherings were at restaurants. Voila! Solution found. Sometimes the soul sucker can be defeated that easily, although it took us more than a handful of years to figure out that solution. The toxic people at home and work are constant irritations, but we'll eventually find ways to remove them from our lives. Unexpected toxicity occurs in the writing community. A member of a critique group who enjoys acid criticism too much. A fellow writer who spends more time disparaging professionals. Ivory Tower people who look down their noses at the lesser mortals. These are the expected toxic people. It's the occasional encounters of people who scorn your whole focus that can throw you into an unexpected loop. The next time you attend a writer's conference or a single-day seminar, look around at your fellow attendees. Chances are the majority are retirees. They're curmudgeonly souls who survived the daily grind and are intent on pursuing the writing dreams delayed for decades. Many are total newbies driven by the dream. A few have tinkered along the way, yet still ask newbie questions. With sucking jobs finished and living the writing dream, they're more willing to try new things. Talk to them about self-publishing, though, and they shake their heads. That's too different from their long-term dream of book tours, articles in writing magazines, a sinecure at a university as the professional writer on staff. On the fringe at the conference are the Bratzos, who think they will sell lots and live well. They come in various flavors, mostly cheery pink. 
They have started a lot of stories with interesting premises. They can't decide which manuscript to finish. They're looking for someone to give them the help necessary to publish the book to the top. Developmental editor? Content editor? Yes! No matter how much they cost, their enthusiasm is contagious. Talk to them about self-publishing, though, and they shake their heads. Traditional publishing is the way to go. All they need is an agent and an editor, and bestseller status is assured. Also at the conference are the few in the middle. They had idealistic friends. Those friends have dropped out of writing. It didn't become profitable quickly enough. These middle few remain, writing because they can't stop. They are truly storytellers. They just need the extra oomph to get into publishing. Talk to them about self-publishing, though, and they shake their heads. Once they walk away, they sneer that the indie writer is just a vanity writer. No matter which writer you want to be, traditionally published or indie all the way, or a hybrid of the two, you need to deal with the newbies and wannabes and gonnabes and everyone else. Treat all of them with kindness. The path they're taking may not be your path. It doesn't have to be your path. You can go your own way. The only people that you don't have to be nice to are the shysters. You know, the predators. The publishing industry is crawling with these ticks. These are the people who promise a manuscript edit for major bucks that will guarantee your book becomes the bestseller. Or they're the unscrupulous agents who bilk their clients of millions, like the literary agency for the Fight Club writer. Or they promote their small press. And they do publish your manuscript while also selling it on cheap sites, breaking copyright laws in the process, and hoping you never track the trail. The shyster writers chatter about the newest scam, click farms, book stuffing, buying reviews, are using desperate work for hire writers and calling them their ghost writers. By the way, the definition of ghost writer is the writer whose job is to write the work while someone else receives credit for the authorship. This is according to Oxford Dictionaries. Ghostwriters usually work for athletes, politicians, or other celebrities. They will receive credit in the acknowledgments, but they will not hold the copyright for the work. It is considered a work for hire. We also have the shyster writers touting the Beth method. They offer it in an online seminar. Sign up for $759.99, or $50 in five payments, or 10 payments of $75. It's hard to distinguish these sludgy mucks from the good guys. Your key is their publishing history. If you can't find their books, don't trust their course offerings. The good guys are out there. You just have to find them. With so many soul-sucking shysters in the writing biz, it's a wonder that the rosy-colored souls remain. Or maybe they're just replaced by the next round of true believers in the gold rush dream. In a few years, they will join the middles, obligated by kitties and jobs, the dream lost in the reality of their lives. Remember Wibbo, would I be better off writing? Wibbo serves us better than any social media group that wants us to buy their course on selling ads, as if that's the secret in a flooded marketplace. Wibbo serves us when shysters pitch their services and say they have the answer. Nope, apply common sense. Yes, the marketplace is flooded, so we can only have an impact when we have a clutch of books to promote, not when we only have one. 
Yes, we need to produce more books on our own schedule. Yes, we will find our way out of the deep, dark virgin forest and regain the right track. What's the secret to success in a flooded marketplace? Write interesting stories. What's the secret to success as a writer struggling with their manuscript? Write interesting stories. What's the secret to success as a writer? Period. What is that secret? Write interesting stories. We need to stop distracting ourselves with newer, better, faster, more expensive. Writing interesting books is the key to everything. That's our goal. Then when we track is to keep us on track, not to meet a deadline that an outside force tells us is important. Any distractions, like an online writing course or going to a writer's conference or on a retreat, being with our loved ones to recharge our minds and feed our creative muse, these are not really distractions. They're encouragement. One simple key, write interesting stories. Eighteen, career choices for writers. For those just starting in the real world, and school is not the real world, my apologies for destroying that myth, you may be fortunate enough to have a job that offers the hard skills you can use in writing. Talk to the cranky old fogies. You'll discover soldiers writing military adventures, cops writing police procedurals, nurses writing serial killers, and more. They may fuse genres, military thrillers set in space with serial killers. Day in and out through decades of work, the skills that these people used on the job are informing the stories that they write. Even the most soul-sucking, brain-draining jobs can be overcome with will and persistence. Even on the worst days of bloody, fanged work, you can manage a few words, not as much as you'd want, but enough to keep the creative muse and the writing dream alive. The events and skills for those hard jobs will actually help in writing stories. I picked high school English as the long-term career. Grading 150 essays by ninth graders every month is not conducive to writing fiction in the evening. Fortunately, I didn't grade those essays every week. When you can find a way to lessen the vampirical workload, grab it. Like investigative work for police procedurals or the literature grammar of teaching English, any work will provide hard skills that you can use in building your fiction. Those hard skills, the ones that you didn't encounter in your day job, those can be learned. Many jobs have specific skills that easily connect to certain genres. Every job offers usable skills for storytellers. Barista skills are more than the ability to calm a caffeine-deprived customer. Customer call centers crack windows into people's private lives. Coaching T-ball teaches you how little children think and what their common behaviors are. The lesson is to use it all. As a writer, everything that ever happens to you, to others, and to the world is all fertilizer for your storytelling. You can't help yourself spinning what-if scenarios. You see something, the creative imp your training says, I wonder, and off your brain dances. That sidewalk cafe in old Quebec City. The rocks piled up for a jetty and protecting the lighthouse. The bear cubs prowling around the back porch. That silver-haired retiree in the red dress at the symphony. The hiker, ribbons streaming from his backpack, 
his photo on the bulletin board at the outdoor store. Even the man who walks his Jack Russell Terrier every evening, passing your window at 735, no matter the weather. These snippets feed story seeds and help them sprout. Use everything. Be smart. Disguise what you take from the lives of close friends. Clever writers convert reality into fiction. Wise ones change specific names and locations, especially to avoid a lawsuit or to avoid offending a portion of the readers. Real places, real events, real people add verisimilitude to your story. They can also date your story, trapping it in a specific time and place. Details help readers suspend their disbelief and plunge into the story, forgetting the real world that they're reading to escape. Reality is our fertilizer. Knowing how to use the details of reality to tell story, that's the writer's first hard skill. The other hard skills for writing, that's our next focus. For now, though, here are the soft skills needed for writers. People often focus on the hard skills for job success, but it's the soft skills that keep people in the jobs that they want. Most of the early entries for Enter the Writing Business that we've been doing cover these soft skills. Here are the top soft skills for the workplace that also work for writing. Flexibility, adapting to new situations, problem solving, conflict and resolution, critical observation, observing problems and analyzing procedures, empathy, being able to understand events from different perspectives and diverse people confronting those events, resourcefulness, using what's available, creative thinking, coming up with new or alternative approaches, positivity, approaching each task and day with an expectation of accomplishment, with hope, teamwork, understanding how characters interrelate Leadership, taking charge of your writing life, self-awareness, analyzing what's working and what's not working. Nineteen, hard skills for writers. Hard skills are the teachable skills specific to a particular job. What are the hard skills for writing? Here are just a few. While these skills primarily link to fiction, they also work for nonfiction. After all, factual books make their points with stories about people's lives. Poetry can be narrative in form and is always character-driven. Tilt your head a little sideways, think creatively, and you'll see what I mean. By the way, these lists are definitely not complete. For plot, the hard skills are the ability to tell a story beginning to end, that's plot structure. The ability to build the center of that story in a way that keeps people interested. That's overcoming the soggy middle that every writer dreads. Foreshadowing and flashback, two tricky terms that trip up new writers. A special kind of foreshadowing is the red herring, also known on Pinterest as dropping clues. Sequencing of scenes to create tension. Building bridges between scenes. These bridges are called sequels. Dwight Swain talks about scenes and sequels in his book, Techniques of the Selling Writer. Pacing and flow. Pacing keeps the story moving like a roller coaster rather than straight up or straight down. Flow is the coherency of all scenes, but how they are tied together. Suspense. Theme development and tracking themes through the plot. 
For character, the hard skills include building background and angst, perspective, viewpoint, point of view, and avoidance of head hopping, characterization and character development, which requires two different techniques, protagonist versus antagonist, types of characters, primary and secondary, team roles, pack order and pecking order, motifs and figurative language, secrets and mask and revelation. For the writing business, the hard skills include understanding copyright. This is the number one thing that every writer must understand. Poor man's copyright doesn't exist. If you want to protect yourself, you have to file for copyright. It's not hard, it's just tedious. Don't put it off. Grammar usage and mechanics. Grammar usage and mechanics should assist in communicating the story and your ideas. Don't worry about the arcane things like shall and will have a difference. Don't worry about the difference in who and whom. I could list 50 things like consistent verb tense, common use, avoiding vile, V-I-A-L, for vile, V-I-L-E, and more, but I won't. World building, socio-political structures, topographical structures, common institutions, languages, rhetorical devices that create subtle emphasis, show, don't tell, revision versus proofreading. These are two separate things. Revision analyzes the presentation of the story. Proofreading looks for typos and grammos. Writing marketing copy, blurbs and ads, formatting the manuscript, the daily discipline of writing. Finally, here are my recommended masters of writing. Once you can consult, and they will help you improve your writing skills. I've mentioned more than a few times Dwight Swain's Techniques of the Best-Selling Writer. Two groups on social media that are extremely helpful are Marie Force's Author Support Network and Mark Dawson's Self-Publishing Formula. The best writing teachers that I've discovered in recent years for the majority of the hard skills that a writer needs, as well as many of the soft skills, are Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush. You can find their classes on Teachable. Look for WMG Publishing. You can also find Smith and Rush on the internet. They stay up to date on information in the publishing and entertainment worlds. Reading, after all, is part of the entertainment business. Smith has a dated blog covering a wide range of topics, while Rush has a business blog every Thursday. They embody the goal of making a living writing interesting stories. They are currently mostly independent, but they are hybrid in actual terms, with traditional publishing in their background. They write their own stories. They've done work for hire for major publishers. They are prolific because they treat writing as their day job. It is their day job, as it should be yours. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. 
Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at linkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.